are listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. And before we get to our guest, just a reminder that Cannabis Health Radio is made possible by the support of our listeners, you. If you find the interviews and resources useful, then please consider making a contribution to support us in any amount so we can continue to inform and assist people around the world. We feel that giving a voice to those who have transformed their health or that of a loved one with cannabis is an important mission. And the fact you're listening, we think you do too. So thank you for valuing our work and helping it to continue. And if you'd like to help us out, go to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, go to the donate page and make a contribution. And for those who have donated so far, we say thank you. And now, let's get to our guest. Our guest today began treating his 11-year-old son for autism using CBD and variations thereof. We're not going to use his real name because we don't want the police knocking on his door, so we're going to call him Stu. And he joins us from Ontario, Canada. Stu, thanks very much for doing this. Well, thanks for having me in, Corey. When your son was diagnosed with autism, what was his behavior like? Uh, so we got the official diagnosis of classic autism when he was three. Um, he did not have a broad vocabulary. His eye contact was minimal. Uh, he was self-injurious. He was uh, aggressive and violent. To uh, there's, uh, My wife and I have three children, so he was aggressive to his older sister and, uh, and, that, and then his younger brother. So he, he's now 16. I should throw that out there. We started treating him uh, with cannabis when he was 11. But So that was uh, really challenging for us, having communication issues and then not knowing what to do with these aggressive behaviors. He was There was episodes of fecal smearing for years. Uh, the, the smell just didn't bother him. He would just put his hands in his pants or his diaper and put it everywhere. So... What, yeah, those were the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, just wondering, what was the behavior like of your other two children? Were, were they uh, well, were they impacted as well? By his behavior? Yeah. Uh, we we did a little bit of family counseling because uh, my my wife and I both came from families where there, you know we didn't have special needs. And so we sort of had to try to adopt a... Know, like a two rule system you know he like our, our younger or ian is my son's name uh he would he would want to stand to, to eat and we would try to have some form of you know well we want to sit down we're having family dinner together let's sit and and so you just kind of have to start telling the older sibling she was only two years older than than he was you know how, that there are differences and, and that people there's going to be exceptions all through your life for you, for someone with special needs or someone without special needs. And so that was just how we had to approach that, that everybody's different and every life situation is different. And we had to just shape the way our house did things according to that. Did your other two children have any uh, issues with respect to uh, behavioral problems? Our daughter uh, was, is fantastic. She's always the person that we've counted on. Uh, if my wife and I aren't around, she's the next person in charge to look after that she knows how to handle his behaviors really well um 
our youngest one and uh, Ian, they, they really can't stand each other. <laughs> That's kind of been the way their whole lives, just like bro- regular brothers. Um, as we're old, like as they're older now, it, it's a very different situation having having uh, used cannabis with them. So, but yeah, in the, in the younger years, there was a lot of, lot of challenges trying to figure it all out. So we had uh, we we resorted to um, an antipsychotic, commonly prescribed, uh, Risperdal, it's called, and uh, we did see a decline initially, uh, but long term effects of Risperdal aren't, aren't uh, fantastic. So, it was are- always in the back of my. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. What are, are the long-term effects of that drug? Okay, so uh, Risperdal is also known as Risperidone. Um, the long-term effects, goodness, there's uh, weight gain, which Ian tolerated really well. He's a, he's a slender, uh, fairly fit kid. He moves around a lot. Organ failure, sudden cardiac arrest, diabetes, and the one that we actually, the reason we switched to cannabis uh, was gynecomastia. Uh, gynecomastia is breast development in males. It happens only in about 2% of people who consume antipsychotics long-term. Um, and I'd only known, uh, the young lady that I worked with, her brother was on antipsychotics for a long time, and he did develop breasts. Um, so I can, I can go a little further into the story. When Ian was 11, we gave him a hug one morning before school, you know, have a good day. And he gave him a hug, and he, he clasped at his chest, and he said, ouch was the only word he could really use to describe that feeling at that moment. And that went on for three or four days before we got pretty concerned that, you know, ouch, every time we touched him, there was this ouch factor. And so uh, we scheduled an appointment with our his uh, GP, and they found some cysts on the, just up and around his, like, a pectoral area. And then uh, we had that double-checked by his pediatrician, and indeed there were cysts there. And so... I went right into, oh, long-term effects. Wow, he's been on this drug for, for nine years. And uh, this is possibly the onset of gynecomastia. Like, I mean, he's, he was going in, entering puberty. Mm. So cysts aren't uncommon. Um, but when you have this drug long-term and you know that that's a side effect and he's currently saying, ouch, now uh, that was the point that I had to decide some different action to take. How was his behavior in school? Uh, he's always been in an, uh, what they call an ASD class, autism spectrum disorder class, um, or life skills. It's kind of wherever the placement happens to be. Um, we always set the PRC meetings and, uh, decide what's going to be best for him in the, in the next school year. Uh, so it's kind of wavered around. He, his behaviors at school were, were challenging. Uh, you know, he was, he, he would have aggressive outbursts. So once in a while they weren't too common at school. Like once he was... When he started school, he was on the medication, so on the on the Risperdal. Um, he was pretty he was pretty good. There was only a couple times where we'd have to go pick him up, where you know they had to restrain him for a while because he was headbutting or he was just autistic meltdown. Essentially, is what happened. So we'd have to go and, and pick him up and and just bring him home. So that would uh, that might happen a couple times a month, maybe. Um, but yeah, limited limited language. You know, little eye contact with any of the teachers or educational assistants. So he's been on Respiradol for nine years. He was on yep. Respiradol for nine years. And yes. then at the age of 11, you started yep. him on cannabis. Tell us about that. Okay, so I basically sort of scoured the internet for anybody that was kind of thinking. Now, I had been, I'll just preface this before I start. I have been a cannabis user for, uh, I've had degenerative disc disease and a bulging disc that puts pressure on a nerve. And so I'd done a little bit of reading about cannabis and pain management. I'd spoken to a few 
or a family friend who knows anesthesiology very well and uh, had studied a little bit of, of cannabis for pain management. So I talked to him very briefly just to find out if there was any sort of toxicity issue. I was pretty green at the time, pardon, pardon the pun, green. So I started to really look around on the internet for anybody who was treating autism with cannabis. Uh, you know, I learned about the endocannabinoid system a little bit deeper. Um, I found a woman in California who was treating her son with, um, he had both Duchenne muscular dystrophy and autism, and she'd had some pretty good results. She'd, I think she'd only been at it about a year by the time I found her. So I emailed her, and uh, I just had to find my own solution. We didn't have, you know, the uh, currently in Canada, is a, there's the MMPR or the ACMPR. That wasn't up in going yet so that wasn't doing it legally was not an option uh so i found a company that ran out of denver called dixie botanicals and they had a um like a a cbd that was in glycerin the cbd was derived from hemp it had no thc or 0.0003 and uh, this product was not legal in canada because cbd is a controlled substance and so i was fortunate enough to have a family member who traveled a lot to the U.S. and he knew his itinerary ahead of time and so I would have Dixie Botanicals ship the CBD to a hotel where he'd be staying packaged to his attention he would take it to his room repackage it and and just send it general general mail to my house <laughs> so so that's how we did that uh, for a while interesting because I, I used to do the same thing when I went to the states many years ago before melatonin was legal in Canada oh yeah yeah I, sure. I used to go into a drugstore in the US uh, buy several bottles put them in a vitamin bottle from Canada <laughs> and uh, take them back I mean it was it was crazy so you yeah. start your son on CBD oil how did yes. he react to it this is the really cool part is because now I kind of felt like I was looking over my shoulder a little bit. You know, it's kind of like, what if somebody finds out? What if I tell, you know, of course, I told all of my immediate family, then I told some some people at work that I that I trusted. And it, it took some really deep conversations at first to, to get some, I mean, some family just kind of goes, yeah, it's just weed, who cares, it's great. Um, other family members went, well, I don't know about th- this, that, the long term. They had their concerns, which is fine. Um, that's what conversations are for. So the coolest part that I can remember feeling was that it was when it was working because you don't know if you're having the placebo effect at home because you want to see it, right? It's sort of like, oh, my God, I've taken him off this medication. We had him off for a week and he was aggressive for that week. It was uh, it was pretty rough. We kept him home from school. Uh, so then we gave him his first dose of the, the CBD on a I think it was a Tuesday morning. We did it after a long weekend. And uh, we gave him his dose. And within 20 minutes, he was pretty calm. And we sent him off to school. And we didn't tell a teacher or educational assistant. Uh, at the end of two weeks, we had been pulled aside by the teacher and each of the educational assistants all separately. Just a, just a conversation. You'll be picking him up from school and it'd be a different educational assistant each time. And they'd go, hey... He's talking more. He's uh, he's looking at us more. He's being really helpful in the classroom. Are you guys doing a different therapy at home? And we said, no, no, we're just modeling behavior and always trying to you know get him to look at us before he gets something the same way. We haven't really changed anything. They're like, wow, we see a big difference in him. So four people who were completely unaware of this one added thing, all of a sudden now just, just gave me this power 
or I mean, I, you know, you feel empowered by hearing that you go, okay, I'm not the only one seeing it. There's Mm -hmm. something working. And, uh, I knew I didn't want to do this, the CBD only forever. I, I'm a big believer in the, uh, the entourage effect and that you need the other cannabinoids in there. Uh, so I knew my next step was whole plant. That must have been such a relief to see some change, some positive change. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing because once you take away the turmoil that, I mean, to be an autistic person, every autistic person, just like every person is different. You don't know what the triggers are with, 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 with Ian. It's, it's, it's sounds, it's a certain voice. It could be just unable to filter out everything. He just seemed to be more focused. And so once you have that ability to focus, as with anyone, you can accomplish more. And with that, it's accomplishing further development of language, further developing emotional facial recognition or, or um, you know, he still has a hard time with using, understanding words in the context in which they're used. And that's always uh, been, a, been a challenge. And that's something but with without being so frustrated from the external environment, he's able to focus on the here and the now much more easily. That must have been such a relief for you and your wife to see. Absolutely. That. Yeah, absolutely. Cannabis is just it's changed the dynamic of our of our family. Did you slowly? For sure. Everybody's. I'm sorry. Did you slowly wean him off the Risperdal? Uh, we, uh, from what I had read about Risperdal, um, and I even talked to my my own doctor just to double check. And I'm like, so how long is Risperdal in the system for? He said it's pretty clean. It leaves, you know, it goes through the urinary tract. It's it's out in two in two or three days. Uh, so we we felt comfortable giving him a, a one week a one week break. So the one. Week- so there wasn't really a wean period. It's not. Yeah, it was a week. Oh, I see. Okay. And how has he progressed from the time he was 11 to today when he's 16? Okay. So, so what happens is I, I'm going to, I'm just going to sort of give you a little, because I, I want this experience, if anybody's listening uh, to, to the story in particular. So, what happened was is during this mailing of the uh, CBD, um, what happened was my family member who was getting it did a trip to Buffalo and he rented a car. And we had he had three bottles of this, the CBD, and he left them in his glove compartment and didn't. It just lack of just a total lack of knowledge, not even thinking that it, this is a food grade product, and that in leaving it in your car for three days in July would be a bad thing. Uh, so we get it home, we start administering the CBD, and Ian's behavior just declines. He's getting aggressive again. He was still hitting somebody in our family about once a week, even on the CBD. Um, he, he was far more less self-injurious, but I had been um, growing my own cannabis in, in my yard, and I decided that the only option I had, because I just spent $1,000 on those three bottles, and they were, they were ruined, I didn't have another way, so I, uh, I basically chopped down, I had three plants pre-flower, chopped them down, brought them in the house, washed them, cut them up very finely with the butcher's uh, the chef knife and pureed them in some olive oil and I let that sit for a few days and then strained it off. And so I started giving him uh, basically that olive oil which had the acidic cannabinoids in them and within a few days he was getting, he was better, he was tolerable. You could live with himself and we could live with, <laughs> we'll live with him again. Now that being said, uh, April, boy I've forgotten now, is it April 1st, 2014 when the MMPR came into effect officially i had been keeping track of when all this was going to happen and i had an appointment in 
our in Ian's GP, sorry, pediatrician's office on April the 6th. And I had been keeping up the charade of administering Risperdal. We'd been filling prescriptions. Yeah, we need some more. <laughs> never, never actually using it. And on this day, I brought the forms in. We'd chosen our licensed producer. I knew what strain I was after. I'd done my work. I'd done my research. And I said, listen, this is something I just need you to listen to for a minute. I've been lying to you for over a year and a half. This is nearly two years I've been treating them. I've been using this method. And now here's my opportunity for whole plant. Here's why I think that I really need your help to sign. And he just started signing. He didn't, he didn't have too many questions. He said, let's try it for a year and see how it goes. And uh, he's signed every year after that. So I had to present him with uh, at first with, with the lie and then say, but here's the positive that it's done. Now, when we switched to whole plant cannabis, um, the hitting stopped for 10 months. He did not hit a single person at wow. school, at home, or, or himself on the whole plant. And that's when I was converted. Done. This is a done deal. Whole plant cannabis is far superior. And it was instant. With the CBD only, it took about two weeks. It seemed like there was a bit of a bell curve on the single molecule. Uh, and I believe, um, I believe some research has been done. It escapes me who's done it at the moment. But that single compound, there's always a bit of a bell curve, whereas whole plant, there's, it's, your, your results are pretty quick, much pretty faster. Quick. Yeah, pretty quick. That must have been incredible uh, to go from... You know, this, having this child who's physically violent to people to nothing. Yeah, it's it's great. It's kind of like we're waiting for the next outburst. So he still has these meltdowns. He still can be quite aggressive, but he's so quick to calm. I mean, meltdowns with autistic kids. I, you know, I, I don't have anybody anybody else to compare it to, other than from what I read uh, from other families. But you know, they could last for two or three hours, and then. Now it's just like he might have a short outburst that could last 10 or 15 minutes and then he's very easy to approach and try to talk through what happened and then so he can he can learn we can all better learn how to handle that with him and he learns from it as well so well, it's a it's a game changer so when you say the outbursts are minimal and they're they're down to about 15 minutes are they mm-hmm. decreasing each year no, the outbursts seem fairly consistent because it, the, whatever the environmental trigger is, it, like it's we still we try to work on those triggers, but and we don't some, always know what they are. Yeah, what are some of his triggers that you are, are aware of? His brother's voice is one thing. Like it's hard to keep them in the same room together. Uh, context of words. So, for example, if I if I say to him when he comes home from school, Ian, how are you? His typical response is, I am well. Did you have a great day at school? My day was great. And he comes in and takes off his shoes and, you know, whatever. He might go to his room for a little while to decompress. Now, if he came out of his room for whatever reason or came in the house screaming and I said, Ian, are you okay? He would say, no, I'm not okay. I'm Ian. Mm -hmm. So the context. So if I say, how are you? He totally gets that and he knows how to answer that. And no matter how many times I say, you know what, man, I know you're Ian. I was there when you were born. I just want to make sure you're okay. And then, then so it's, and that's just the easiest example. I usually give that example to people when I try to describe the context of words. Another might, one might be, Ian, go back to your room and get. And there's, so go is one meaning. Back is another meaning. So he stays stationary if you say go back because he doesn't know whether to go forwards or go backwards. Uh. So the context, the context. If I say, "Oh, Ian, can we 
Ian and Corey in our discussion, can we go back? Everybody understands we're going back to a point in our conversation. Mm-hmm. He, he has a hard time with those things, and those can be the triggers. Uh-huh. Um, something not functioning the way he doesn't want it to if he can't uh, you know he's pretty good at building lego and stuff but if he gets he gets wrapped up in something that's a little bit troublesome for him um that can that can be a trigger i never really know those are the ones that we focus on the most because those are the ones that tend to seem be the most severe what would happen if he came home from school and yep. his brother said ian how are you he would he would like depending on how his day been has been and the level of frustration because we can catch him sometimes with it. You know, you can catch him. Hey, hey, Ian, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Oh, okay. And then I would say, oh, I thought your name wasn't okay. You know, I try to bust him. I try to bust him once in a while. <laughs> you know, I try to slip it in on him. And then he just goes, never mind, never mind. I don't want to talk about it. So, he's, But that's been a development. That's So it's always something that we're listening to and focusing on. But it's, it's language is, still seems to be the, the biggest trigger in the context of language. Is he aware that the cannabis is helpful to him? So I've tried to to approach that in different times when you know when I feel like okay he's up he's feeling conversational we can you know we're always trying to engage him um so when I say you know at, at first I'd be like so Ian how how is the the brain medicine how is it making how does it make you feel um now feelings I, I don't know how to the easiest so I'm expecting him to say it makes me feel good or make I, I don't I didn't know what I was expecting but the first answer I got was him tapping his head with his finger and said it helps me think and i said okay that's great when i heard that it's like okay it's it's helped him filter out he's able to think better about whatever it is that he's doing be it language or an activity or uh you know even at a a grocery grocery stores or terrible places because they're filled with people with different voices and pitches and tones and that's those are the things that that set him off so but we can we can go out with him on a little more regular basis he's great at going to the movies um we we try to take him out with us and get him engaged in conversation these things are more possible now because of because of cannabis do you know i think i've learned more about can uh, more about autism in mm. uh, uh, the discussion with you than i ever knew in my life because when i listen to you talk about your son it strikes Mm. me is that something in his brain just isn't functioning the way you and i have functioning in our brain and when you talked about go and come back Mm. uh i mean that paralyzes him right he just doesn't know whether to go or back i mean he just stops i want to do what you're telling me but i don't i can't figure out this 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 what you're telling me yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that but that, but each but each like I said earlier, each autistic child is is different. And I'll give you an example. Our youngest son is also autistic, but not quite as severely as Ian. If, if you know autism, there's a spectrum. So our youngest son has Aspergers. He's on a not on the higher end of Aspergers, but this kid's language skills. I can reason with him. I can rationalize with him. Um, if I can't, if I'm stuck on a word on the spelling. I ask him. <laughs> he, he'll, he just spits it off, right? Uh, and and he has the ability to analyze more efficiently a situation than Ian does. It's basically just knowing your kid, I guess, and the, and the trigger. So I'm not, not saying that no other autistic person is like that. But I, I believe that the key is taking 
taking away, I, and I don't know how to describe it any other way, the, the turmoil, the noise, the to be able to filter that out, I can't even imagine hearing everything around me. I know I hear what's around me, but I'm usually focused on a voice or on a task or, you know, a, doing a few multiple things at one time. But I can't imagine hearing the leaves rustling, a neighbor's car starting, a dog barking, a, a, a high-pitched woman's voice at the, uh, you know, in the next aisle over, or somebody laughing at something and I don't like their laugh. And you're being told, go back. And that's just, that's it. That's the last straw, man. That's that's it. I can't. Yeah. So cannabis seems to be a really good filter uh, or fil- an assistant at helping his brain fire normally so it filters out the environment around him so that he can function better. That's the, that's how I've described it. Were your two sons vaccinated at all? Oh, they were, yeah. They were all vaccinated uh, on the regular regular schedule. Did you ever think that may have been a contributing factor to their autism? Uh, you know what? I didn't at the time. I didn't look at it that deeply, and I had heard. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, but I'd heard about the uh, the retraction, and I think it was the Lancet. Uh, and I kind of picked up on the story again with Andrew Wakefield and uh, Senator Bill Posey going on the Senate floor in the states and talking about uh, the vaccine court, and you can't sue vaccine companies. I've never really looked at it that deeply. Some people listening might call me ignorant for that, but um, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxer. I, I believe vaccines have saved millions of lives. There's no refuting that. I don't think that they're as safe as we're being sold. Um, so on that note, uh, in it, we, we also believe, or sorry, our youngest son, we believe also has a condition called Marfan syndrome, which is a degenerates the connective tissues. And, you know, it, uh, and we, we, we went through the, uh, man, I'm losing the, my train of thought here. There's a form, I can't remember the name of it, where you can get ex- exemption for a vaccine. So he was due for his meningitis vaccine. Mm-hmm. And this was the very first time that I decided, you know what, I don't think we're going to get that right now because of his uh, condition. Uh, we'll hold off on that for now. But like I say, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, uh, but I, I really just don't believe that. Uh, well, I know aluminum doesn't belong in there. You know, Stu, uh, one of the yeah. one of the people that I'm in contact with on one of my pages uh, is extremely well known, and I won't use her name, mm-hmm. but she's connected to the whole vaxxed expose. She's also very educated in the medical world, and she was telling me that she doesn't have an issue with vaccines per se, but what she has an issue with is they just don't do the research. Some of these vaccines are only tested for five days, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then they're put out there. Yeah, that's not surprising. You know, and there's just, gotta, like you said, you just don't know enough. Yeah. yeah. Stu, I want to ask you about uh, one of the uh, items that you sent us with respect mm-hmm. to uh, doing this interview was uh, your father in neuropathic pain. Tell us sure. about that. Yeah. Uh, well, so a few years ago, he he'd, um, had some swelling in his legs and pain and numbness. And uh, he'd been taking Lyrica and not super happy with uh, how he was feeling taking Lyrica. So he took himself off, but he still had to deal with the pain and then i just said what do you think if you just give this a try you know like uh like i can you know i make i make tinctures i'm not a big uh uh smoking or vaping guy myself and i learned how to make tinctures to get it into to ian so i decided to have a conversation with my father and uh i tried a little bit of what we give Ian, so it's a high CBD, uh, lo- very low THC. I decided to try that, and he said he didn't really, he didn't really get much out of it, and he was taking like maybe just a quarter mil 
twice a day for two weeks or so and said, no, it doesn't really make me feel any different. Uh, so I blended him up a little, like almost a 50-50. I took a little higher THC and then they took the high CBD, did about a 50-50 combo and said, well, try that now. And then he said one day he was just sitting at work, probably about two weeks into his treatment, just he noticed that he felt better and didn't have any pain. So he hadn't been keeping track of it actively, I suppose. But uh, yeah, that had, uh, so now he's he's like, yeah, it works. And now he's telling all of his senior friends <laughs> how, awesome, how, how awesome cannabis. There we go back to the senior thing. <laughs> yeah. So Stu, um, with Ian's dosing then, yes. what would you say is the percent of CBD versus THC that you're giving him? Uh, so I I started to keep when I first started it I was sending what my my tinctures into a lab to get them tested and then I just I don't know but first of all it, it's expensive it's about 120 bucks a test yeah which, I know it's pricey uh, and licensed producer product is also expensive so I try to cut costs where I can um, okay so our licensed producer what we get marked on the package uh, they measure the the amount of CBDA approximately. So the range, it, any package we've ever received ranges from about 12.5% up to 17% CBD with usually less than 1% THC. And just, just to uh, clarify for yeah. listeners, please, um, this is CBD that is derived from cannabis, not hemp. Correct. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and so what we had done is we had started out very small. Uh, you know, we'd give them now, anything that I had now again I, saying that there isn't I have I hadn't met anyone who was using cannabis for autism other than this woman in California, uh, and she was using more of a one to one strain for her son. Uh, you'll have to have a listen to some of our podcasts. We've interviewed several parents who were using cannabis oh, with yeah. autism, and I've I've talked. Yeah, I mean, I started a little uh, Facebook group for my son as well. And parents that have added over the years saying, oh, well, we just use we use THC and low CBD. That works best for our son. And other parents say, I, we use THCA. And I'm like, we, what? great, whatever works for you. It's so, so individual. That's, it really is. It yeah. really is. So we, we've just found that we, we're happy with the consistency of, of, the, of the strain that we have. I mean, how could I, how could I not be? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also, uh, I also use um, uh, a THCA extract as well olive oil that we just kind of we just incorporate into his diet as well because i i believe this should be in everybody's diet but absolutely as far as far as dosing goes it's a high uh, a pretty high amount we've actually figured out that uh, so it's not a concentrate that we use it's just a tincture, tincture. Yeah. that that's yeah, that's done in a coconut oil and he takes five milliliters of this in the morning i don't measure it anymore and i just, like measure the amount of cbd i just take the plant as it shows up i make my tincture and off we go Five mils in the morning and five mils at night, and that's it. Do you take the same yourself? The same. The same tincture. I had been taking. I'd been using alcohol tinctures because, um, I I find alcohol. I mean, with three kids and their hands in the fridge all the time, and not everybody has great sanitary habits. Alcohol is a natural disinfectant. Uh, shelf life is long. It's longer than coconut oil and olive oil. I mean, we go through it very fast with him, so that's not an issue he likes the taste of the coconut oil um it was hard to get the we'd have to mix the alcohol tincture with some juice so we've just decided that uh the coconut oil works best for him it's a much healthier option cheaper um whereas i prefer i prefer an alcohol extract i just i don't know i find it 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 affects uh, oils for me seem to take a a lot longer and 
Yeah. Stu, I was just going to ask you uh, the final question. When sure. your son was at his worst, yes. I imagine that put a tremendous strain on your relationship. At home? Yeah. In my marriage? Yeah. Uh, no, not not really. Uh, I I mean maybe it, I'm I'm sure it, we've had our we've all we've had our moments, but everybody does. Is, yeah, but this is just something we we decided we got to we got to sail the ship together. It's not to, you know, you're going to have, you're not always going to see eye to eye on what, what it is you should be doing, but that's how you're going to having engaging conversation and arriving at a place where you can both go forward. Yeah. You know, the reason I asked the question is because yeah. some people who have uh, autistic children or people that we've interviewed who have children who have epilepsy, mm-hmm. uh, it can be very, very uh, straining on the relationship. And at some point, uh, they split up. And mm-hmm. you're in a very lucky position that you and your wife are still together. And, sure. Yeah, we, and, we're coming up on 21 years. Good for you. That's excellent. Well, it was great to talk to you. Anything you want to say in conclusion? Um, I would just encourage people just to do as much reading and research as they can. I mean, we're faced, we're coming up on legalization here across Canada and uh, my own personal opinions are: I don't think the government's handling it properly. I think it should. I think it's just a matter of educating people. You know, the government says we want to tightly control and regulate and keep it out of the hands of kids. Well, when you're giving your 11-year-old weed, let's just call it weed for a second, and the sister who's two years older is going into her teens, where she's going to be going into high school, and weed's pretty prevalent in high school she's known where to buy weed since she was in the sixth grade um so it's it's just a fact of just start with the truth of what the plant does and then reason the rest from there and all it takes is education i i encourage my my daughter she's now she's now 18 so she can make her you know her own decisions on what she wants to put in her body but i've long encouraged her uh you know you have to make smart choices when i'm not there you're going to be faced you know, you might tell me one night you're going for a sleepover at a friend's house, but you'll be at a party, and there'll be alcohol, and there'll be drugs, and uh, there are going to be choices you have to make, and you have to have honest conversations. That has to happen at any level, anywhere, when you're legalizing this plant, uh, and I just think education is the key. I believe it should be a dietary staple from the time we're kids, just right from and the time you can eat, you want the time you can get this in you, put this in your diet, in an acidic form. Give it to kids in its acidic form. When you're 18, you can decide if you want what you want to use it for. But I think if you're honest about it, that's really what's going to keep it out of the hands of kids. Is it just to say, look, here's what it is. I personally think, too, that Canada has one of the greatest opportunities it might ever have. Uh, you know, if you just say, look at what this plant does. Let's take let's take charge. Let's re-educate the world on this the nutritional value the the medicinal value i mean what happens if you don't get if you don't take vitamin c you get scurvy yeah so i've been asked over the years why why is it that one plant works so well on autoimmune and neurological why can you do in pain why can you do so many things with it well it's because you're meant to have it it's like Mm -hmm. that's that's all there is to it it's supposed to be in your diet we've humanity's evolved alongside uh, alongside it you know, don't don't tell me when we were living outdoors that, you know, we didn't you didn't know that that plan over there would you know give me a special power with in the bedroom. That one would give you diarrhea. That one will kill you. That one, that fixes just about everything. 
<laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it seems like common sense, but yeah, very well put. Pleasure to talk to you. Thanks very much, and good yep, luck. Thanks with, very much. Good luck with your son. Thanks very much for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Stu. Much appreciated. All right. Take care, guys. And before we sign off, just a reminder, if you'd like to tell your story about the medical benefits of cannabis, send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.